The following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Welcome to Chat Chat, the people's sports talk radio show on WNRI, with your host, Bradley Shatraw. And we are back with the Shot Shot Radio Show here on WNRI. It was the final week of the regular season in the NFL, and there was definitely some craziness that ensued, including a Patriots loss to the Miami Dolphins. We also saw the Rams lose to the San Francisco 49ers. That was a game that had massive playoff implications. The Niners were able to make their way into the playoffs with a win there. The ga- the night finished off with Chargers versus Raiders. That game was also for a playoff spot. Both teams could have made it in with a tie, but the Raiders won that one on a game-winning field goal, and they are now in the playoffs, and the Chargers are not. Definitely an upsetting season for the Chargers, but let's start with the New England Patriots, who, like I mentioned, lost to Miami. The struggles in the house of horrors that Miami Stadium is for the Patriots continued as they lost this game 33-24, to and the Patriots have now lost three of their final four games of this season, and really, you got to start to wonder, I mean... Who, what, what is this team? Who are they? It's, it's tough to tell because when they play good teams, they lose. And when they play bad teams, they win. And there's really not many you know, outliers to that statement that I just mentioned. I mean, Mac Jones was decent in this game. He did make a very crucial turnover with an interception earlier in the game. But he was 20 for 30, had 261 passing yards for a touchdown and an interception. Now, the offense was decent, but again, this defense just did not look like the team that we saw over that seven-game winning streak. I mean, this really hasn't been that great of a defense in these final four games here. I mean, you look at what this Patriots defense has done against teams over 500. They've allowed 24 points per game, which really isn't terrible, but their team is 3-7 and seven versus those teams over 500. So all of a sudden, it seems like, I didn't want to say it last week, but I think I might say it this week, it seems like we're starting to see some true colors here. The Patriots are simply just a bully. I mean, they beat up on bad teams, but when a team their own size shows up, they've really got nothing to say. And that's what this season has been. If you really look at the teams that they did beat, a lot of teams that really either didn't make the playoffs or finished below 500, and all the teams that they've played that did make the playoffs or finished above 500, they weren't able to come out with wins against those teams. Now, The Patriots are going to face the Bills on Saturday in the first round of the playoffs at 8.15 p.m., and it will be at Orchard Park. That is where the Patriots got a win earlier this season, so obviously I guess there is that kind of peace of mind as a Patriots fan, but there really can't be any peace of mind if you are a Patriots fan at the moment. 
it just hasn't looked like the Patriots over the last four games. I mean, yes, there is the outlier that was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, they, they looked great in that game. But again, a team that is awful, a team that is destined for the second overall pick. Or actually, I believe they actually did move into the first overall pick. So for the second year in a row, the Jags will hold the number one overall pick. And that should show you how bad of a football team they are because... They already got the number one pick. They got Trevor Lawrence, and they remained being that bad. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Now, the Bills, since that Tampa Bay game where the Boston media wanted to say they were dead, and then, you know, they, they showed a good effort, but that's it. I mean, put the coffin in it, nail it, it's over. Well, guess what? They are 4-0 and since that Buccaneers game, and they have scored an average of 30 points per game. I mean, their run games looked better here. De- uh, Devin Singletary, 110 yards, 88 yards in his last two games apiece. I mean... It's going to be cold in Buffalo, around 20 degrees or so, and it's potentially going to snow. Not supposed to be crazy windy, though, so it's really going to be, I mean, nothing crazy for either of these teams. I mean, they're used to kind of some crazy weather conditions. I mean, if there was a lot of wind and it was going to be even remotely close to what it was in that regular season game at Orchard Park, I think that would kind of change some opinions here and say, all right, maybe the Patriots are going to have a better chance in this game because we've seen what they can do when the weather is a factor. I mean, I mean, a big factor because it was in that regular season game at Buffalo, but I mean, without those wins, it's not like Buffalo can't play in the cold and the snow. I mean, that's what they live through. This, this is, they've done this once or twice before. And, I mean, let's call it what it is. The Bills are the better team headed into this game. I mean, like I said, 4-0 in their last four, including a win at Gillette over the Patriots. They've got the better quarterback. They've got the better defense, better wide, rec- wide receiver uh, options, weapons, whatever you like to call them. The Bills should win this game. The thing is... You got to factor in this funky weather, and maybe that's going to allow New England to keep it closer than they normally would. They'd be able to establish the run the way in which they did in Orchard Park last time. But to me, I'm picking the Bills. I mean, I think the Bills are going to be able to win this game, and it's namely because of the play of Josh Allen. I talked about this a little bit last week. I mean, when you have a quarterback that can really play make out of nothing sometimes that is an extremely valuable asset that is the type of things that drives teams to a super bowl in today's day and age and that's what josh allen is he can do more than the average quarterback can i mean he can he can use his legs and and really affect the run game that way when his team doesn't necessarily have that going he's got the big arm he can be an accurate thrower sometimes that's an issue but for the most part he's been more accurate this season we've seen him make kind of more out of less with some guys that Isaiah McKenzie game comes to mind against the Patriots when really they were without Gabriel Davis without Emmanuel Sanders and he was able to make some things happen so I mean, when I look at this game, it seems like it should be obvious that the Bills win it and move on. But the thing is, is, I mean, you always have the Bill Belichick factor. And that's something you got to consider here is the fact that, you know, the Patriots are going to have the advantage in the coaching department when it comes to this game. And in the playoffs, that is absolutely very important. I mean, that's going to play a big factor here. The real question is how big of a factor is it going to play more than kind of the team on the field? Because I believe Buffalo is the better team. It's really going to come down to can Bill Belichick kind of work some magic here? I mean, we all know about the talk of how he's dominated the Bills and and he's had so much success against them over the last 15, 20 years. And yes, while that's true, 
it, it really doesn't affect the now, and that was kind of something I tried to explain a few weeks ago. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be an interesting game here. I, I think you got two teams that have some bad blood. It's definitely a rivalry game. This is going to be kind of the rubber match when you look at the fact that the Patriots won one and the Bills won one. It only feels right. And as a Patriots fan, I'm kind of wondering the people out there how they feel heading into this game because I can't imagine it's too good. You were feeling great during that winning streak in the middle of this season, but it's funny because the way you started and the way this team finished doesn't leave you feeling very good. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we walked in and, and that 2-4 and four start, I think a lot of people's expectations kind of dropped and, and they didn't have a ton of expectations for this team. Maybe just hoping that they could kind of buzz around 500 and show some positive signs for the future with Mac Jones. But then they rattle off all those games in a row and it kind of starts to build the expectation higher and higher yet again. All of a sudden, just to kind of come crashing down here in the final four games of the season. I mean, you can't tell me that you feel as confident as you did a month ago. There's just no possible way. Because like I said, now that they're playing these good teams, it's starting to seem like maybe they just don't match up against those good teams. I mean, you saw even the Indianapolis Colts, who what an embarrassment that was in the final game of this season to not make the playoffs after the year that they've had, after some of the wins that they've had. But even against the Indianapolis Colts, that was the game in which I started to see that, you know, this isn't necessarily a Patriots team that has what it's going to take to get to the Super Bowl because they got out Patriot in, in a sense. I mean, the Colts took away their best aspect and the Colts won that game based on their best aspect. And one of the biggest things over kind of this Patriot era starting was, oh, well, the Patriots take away the opponent's best aspect. They're going to have to beat them with plan B. They weren't able to do that in the Colts game. And ever since that Colts game, it has been down, down, down. I mean, it's going to be a good one, but I don't think it's going to be good in the Patriots' favor. I'll be right back. Time to pay a few bills, so hang tight with more Shat Chat with Bradley Shatra on WNRI. Recent studies show germs are transmitted at self-service gas pumps. Don't put yourself at risk. Come to Murphy's Full Service Gas, where gasoline is pumped for you while you remain in the comfort of your car. At Murphy's, you pay the same low price whether you pay cash or credit. And free air for your tires for all our customers. Just look for the big green Murphy's sign on Social Street near the Diamond Hill Road intersection. It's springtime, the right time to get an upgrade to your home, or how about that addition you've wanted? Print Construction can help, and all you need to do is call Scott Quinn at 401-996-3038 to set up an appointment to get the process started. Scott owns the small company, manned by him and his son. They'll take care of any carpentry or construction needs you have, taking the utmost care and thoughtful professionalism to any project at a reasonable pricing to ensure your complete satisfaction. Call Scott Quinn this week at 401 996 3038 at Quinn Construction. If you live in North Smithfield, Woonsocket, or Barville and need a landscaper for this summer, Nick Dybala and 3D Lawn Care can take care of all your needs. 3D is known for their quality lawn care and specializes in hardscaping work as well. Call Nick to schedule a quote at 401-692-1631. Let them take care of your landscaping needs so you have more time to do what you enjoy. 
and we are back with the Shot Shot Radio Show here on WNRI. So I want to stick on, I guess, this Patriots versus Miami game a little bit. I mean, it was definitely not the best way to finish off this season. But I really want to move to the Miami side of things because in a shocking series of events this morning, they fired their head coach, Brian Flores, which to me just does not make any sense at all. Now, I understand the Dolphins got off to a miserable start this season. They kind of backed themselves into a corner that was going to be very hard to get out of starting one and seven. But they finished this season nine and eight. I mean, they won eight out of their final nine games. That had never happened in the NFL before. And really, for a team to be able to pick themselves up and still go on a run to finish this season, to even have a chance at the playoffs with two games remaining, should have been a testament to their coach. The fact that he was able to turn things around like that, he was able to rally the troops, get them to believe in the fact that they could continue to play football, that this game plan was going to eventually start to work if they just kept working, and it did. I mean, they went on a run, and while they did lose to the Saints and didn't have a chance at the playoffs in this final week, I mean, man, you fire the coach after that. He won 19 games in two seasons. They finished 10-6 and six last year, and yes, they missed the playoffs. But man, it, I cannot even make sense of this move because it just doesn't seem like it was deserving. Brian Flores did a good job with these Dolphins teams over the last two years. And while the start to this season just was not ideal, the way they finished was extremely impressive and kind of, I mean, it, at least put some positive vibes for what's to come here in the future. And we can't pretend like this is with a, a overwhelming franchise quarterback that, that has a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. This isn't Justin Herbert in Miami. This isn't the fact that the Chargers missed the playoffs this year with a guy who very much should be a playoff quarterback. Justin Herbert is not the quarterback of the Dolphins. It's Tua. I was a big believer of Tua Tagovailoa coming out of Alabama. I thought he was going to have what it took to be a successful NFL quarterback. And while he has not been bad, he also has not been great. It's not like the Dolphins were working with a guy that, you know, what was the end-all, be-all, and they could roll with and, and know this was going to be their quarterback for the next 5, 10 years. That's not the case for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, we, we've even heard their name mixed multiple times with guys like Deshaun Watson and, and potentially looking elsewhere for a quarterback. So that should tell you all you need to know about what they as an organization felt about Tua and what Brian Flores felt about Tua. That was never kind of the guy here. At least I don't feel as though they ever treated him that way. I thought the, the handling of the quarterback was something that could have been done better. But that cannot be the reason you fire Brian Flores here. He was able to get this team into a a position where they almost had a chance at the playoffs and, and yeah, almost horseshoes and hands grenade. I understand it, it. That doesn't count for anything, but you can't tell me starting one and seven and finishing the season nine and eight wasn't an accomplishment in itself and wasn't kind of a reflection of the fact that, hey, this guy is a good coach. I mean, he rallied the troops when they were at their lowest and got this team into a position where at least they finished with a winning record. I mean, I was stunned this morning when I saw that. I think Brian Flores should have another job as a head coach. Not sure if that's how it's going to go. I've heard a lot of talk. Maybe he returns to the Patriots. Maybe you know he, he kind of goes behind the scenes for a year and, and waits to see what jobs are going to open up. 
but there's definitely some jobs out there that that he he sh- he should I mean take a minute to look at if he's if he's discussed. I mean, Minnesota out there, it's not like they have a bad roster. I mean, Kirk Cousins is, is a better quarterback than Tua Tagovailoa, so right there, that could really be a good situation for him. The Chicago Bears is a little dicey. I mean, Justin Fields, we don't really know what he is yet. Their roster isn't that great. They're also going to get a new general manager as well as the Minnesota Vikings. So there's definitely still going to be some, some job openings that Flores could potentially go to. But I must say, I do not think he was deserving of losing his job here. I thought Miami was was kind of building something, and, and in the future, they really could have come around here. It's not like this team was dysfunctional. It, 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 it's not like, you know, that was the situation in Miami. He always kept it functional. It always seemed as though, I mean... They were ready to play, especially against the Patriots. To be able to compete against the Patriots the way he did was also another impressive kind of aspect of his coaching. It showed that he he belonged and he should be a head coach here in the NFL. So I just wanted to touch on that. I cannot even fathom the fact that Brian Flores is out as the Miami head coach. But I did mention the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. The Minnesota Vikings moved off their general manager and Mike Zimmer. The Chicago Bears moved off Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, who is their general manager and head coach. So moving to the Chicago Bears now, what's interesting about that move is it took way too long. And I was one that defended Matt Nagy for far too long than I should have. You know, they had Mitch Trubisky and they started on a really good foot. I mean, Matt Nagy came in, he went 12 and 5 with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, 12 and 4, I should say, I believe it, it was. With Mitch Trubisky, that was back when there was only 16 games. But that seemed like a feat in and of itself. And it seemed like they were starting on the, uh, on the, on a really good foot. It seemed like they were really going to build something here in Chicago. And it just never happened. If anything, they got worse year by year. And then they took a real leap of faith, moved up in the draft to get Justin Fields, which I think was the right decision for them because you can't put a price tag on a franchise quarterback. But it all came back to show their roster just is not that good in Chicago. And it was very apparent this season. It, it, it took a toll on Justin Fields, who was injured multiple times had trouble staying on the field when he was out there he was running for his life I mean he showed some really positive flashes but again we do not know what Justin Fields even is because of the fact that he really hasn't had a team around him especially this rookie season so now the one thing that I like about the fact that they're cleaning house in Chicago is it gives some hope for Justin Fields and Bears fans to kind of move forward with this thing and potentially get a guy that can number one work with Justin Fields and number two get this organization turned around. It has been far too long since the Chicago Bears have been legit contenders. I think they have who what could be a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. Again, we don't know what he is. I believe in him. I like what he brings to the table. He's got a mobile aspect of him. To him, he, he can move outside the pocket and make plays happen like that. I think he's got a, a, a decent arm. I, I think he's got a pretty accurate arm. So that's one thing that they can work with here is Justin Fields. But now they have to build around him. And that's what's important about getting kind of a, a change of pace here in the general manager and in the front office with Ryan Pace. Because they have a lot of work to do with that roster to make them into a contender. And I love the fact that they're going to move on to another coach because Justin Fields needs a guy who is going to cater to him, who's going to put him in the best position to succeed and really get this organization moved in the right direction. I do have a call and I will take that right now. Welcome to Shat Chat. What's going on, Shat? How you doing? Good. How you doing, Jamal? Pretty great. I, I can only imagine. I mean, it was a pretty good weekend for you and now you got home field and it, I mean, that that's going to be an interesting game. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, it'll be a, a pretty good game, rivalry game. Uh, you know, the Patriots have kind of uh, pretty struggled as of lately. You know, we've lost three of the last four. Offense isn't looking too good. Defense isn't looking too good. Um, a lot of penalties, undisciplined stuff. I only watched about part of the, the Miami Dolphins game from yesterday, but I'll end up watching a little bit more of that. But, you know, kind of the same stuff I've seen uh, all the other games they've lost and getting tricked, cover two specifically, um, and them just kind of just starting slow and whatnot. So, uh, you know, should be an um, interesting game. Um, it should be a game the Bills, um, as long as they play, you know, efficient of uh, the six-week football, they win uh, fairly easily. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I said that at the beginning of the show. I'm picking the Bills in this game. Uh, there's going to be some weather aspects that, that, you know, really could make it a little funky. But at the end of the day, there's not going to be any, you know, 30-mile-per-hour winds or, or whatever there was last time they played. So I don't think it should be that much of an implication. I am taking the Bills. I like what you said about the fact that, I mean, it's kind of becoming a trend here with the way the Patriots lose is they fall behind early and they, they, they can't really chase their opponent to the end to make a comeback and really to me we're starting to see the true colors of this team because all they've beaten this season are bad teams and whenever they've played a good team they're not able to figure it out and, and make it happen um yeah yeah i can't i can't really disagree with much of that um <clears throat> you know i will say the only kind of comparable situation because i mean they were i know from I can't call this season a failure because they have a rookie quarterback and they, they were in a rebuild yeah. and played to make the playoffs as a success. But I just can't help but feel like this has got to be, at least in a Patriot, but kind of like a collapse. So they were, they were number one seed, they were told their own destiny, and they just they just let it all go in a matter of weeks. Um, and and that, you know, that can't be you know, too great. Um, you know, the good thing is, you know, history, this has happened in history before, you know, 2012 Ravens. They've also lost three out of their four December games after starting off quite hot, number one seed and whatnot. They won the Super Bowl as well. Um, you know, not saying they're that team, but, you know, it has happened in history before because they couldn't make a turnaround right here, but it's going to be mighty tough. Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with you, I mean, what you're saying about kind of the view on the season. I mean, it's obviously a success with the way, I mean, the time they got Mac Jones this season, he played from day one, and he was not bad at all, so they have a guy moving forward here. If they can put some more pieces around him, I really think this team could grow and get much better. But like you said, I, I, I'm not really sure that a lot of people would necessarily say they feel good heading into the playoffs here because of the way in which this team's played. And expectations kind of started to grow a little bit more than they originally were at the beginning of the season after that big winning streak. So, I mean, it, it can't feel like the season overall is a success, but all of a sudden it is starting to feel like maybe they're taking steps in the wrong direction here. Yeah, yeah, I definitely saw. Again, he's still a rookie QB. I don't want because I never, I do feel like we're comparing him, you know, to the rest of the, the playoff QB compared to him. Like, he's good compared to the rest of this rookie QB. He's really good. Um, but, you know, it kind of, you know, as the training wheels started to kind of fall off here and they started to, you know, kind of open up a playbook. Anyway, it was, it was odd because, you know, they, they played, I know the Tennessee game, they had like nobody. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, the offense did, it did look good. The passing game did look pretty good. And then they throw three passes versus Buffalo. The passing game is, that's honestly lost them. They should come around the ball versus Buffalo. Uh, of course, that again, they looked so out of sorts with the Colts. It looked kind of shady at the Dolphins. It's just, you know, they kind of, I guess they kind of picked up that Titans game and then, you know, take more of the training wheels off and it just completely collapsed. Um, you know, it'll probably get better when he gets, when he gets smarter. But yeah, this is, um, you know, he's just not ready at this point in his career. And I guess that's okay. He's a rookie. 
Yeah, exactly. I hear you. It, it, it is okay in a sense because, exactly, he is a rookie. Now, let's move to the Chargers and Raiders game because I want to hear kind of your opinion on Brandon Staley and the way in which he kind of he, he the way in which he coached that game. What are your thoughts today on Brandon Staley and, and his coaching last night in that Raiders Chargers game? Yeah, I, I, I saw. Well, I was watching the Baltimore game when they got destroyed earlier in the season. After the game, I kind of realized they weren't going to be true contenders, even if they were a good team. Because yeah, he was just too aggressive for my liking. Now, I learned a lot about analytics this season too. I was kind of someone in that you know old mindset. I learned a lot from people. I know a lot for me, you know. And I'm a little more open to the analytics. I get it more now. Um, but, but some of that stuff, you know, it's just it's just not good. You know, fourth and one from your own 18. You know, I, it's just one yard. I get it, but you know, you got to have a feel for the game. And that's hard for the analytics guy, for the analytic guys to really get, you know. And I don't mean to kind of trash on these guys, but you know, it feels like you never played like a sport in their life or whatever. Because I mean, there's just watching the game. There's just you just felt the Raiders were going to get the ball right there. So it's, a, it's, a, it's just a gut feeling, you know. I just I didn't. There was no really. They were getting pushed around on both sides of the ball in the trenches. There's just no real, you know, uh, evidence that they were going to even pick up. Even though it was just a fourth and one, pick up that, you know, pick up that yard. And so he was just partially rested right there. That was really the only, you know, terrible um, call right there. I surprised he went for the field goal. I mean, overtime, when they had like a fourth and six, I believe, I thought he, like, I thought he was going to go for it. So kind of you know, went away from himself right there. Um, but just, just all season long, you know, um, you know, he's been great for the analytics. He's been great, you know, um, you know, on some of the four downs. I liked him going for two, you know, when they were down, um, what, uh, 15 points. I, I do agree on going for two first, not waiting. Um, but just too many times throughout the season, just, you know, some of the four down calls are really, really questionable. you got to put a little bit more of your feel to the game. That is going completely analytical. I mean, absolutely. Uh, to me, the call in on their own 18 to go for the fourth and one, I, I get I get the analytics, and I get the fact that they are all in on being aggressive. They are going to go for as many fourth downs as they can. And yes, it was a fourth and one, only one yard, but the risk-reward there just did not make much sense to me. I mean, yeah, if you get the one yard, all right, you look up, and now it's first and 10 on your own 19. I mean, it, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. I thought, I mean, they they were only down three at that point. So again, it, it, it gave the Raiders points in a sense, and to me, it was really just you got to be able to kind of like you said have a feel for the game it can't be all analytics at some point you got to make a decision based on what you're seeing on the field kind of the situational football and in that sense I thought it was just it it didn't make a lot of sense did you have an opinion on the timeout in overtime that I mean essentially allowed Oakland to kick that field goal to win the game yeah I'm glad he did it because I thought they were going to play for the tie and that was just I couldn't I was looking for Pittsburgh to make it into the playoffs, and I just couldn't believe what was happening. Um, I, I, I really thought they were going for the tie. They were kind of just lacking days ago and kind of just, you know, taking the time at the line, time's running out quickly, and they call time long. I'm just like, oh, well, I mean, they got to run a play now, and, you know, they, they bust a big run in their field goal range, and, you know, I get, you know, some of the things, so they weren't going to go for the tie or whatnot because of what they were saying or whatnot, but I mean, even the Raiders coach and Eric Carr, they admitted their strategy changed when they took that time out, and it, it certainly looked like they were going to go for a tie. Absolutely. I mean, it seems like they were going to be in the playoffs. You saw that kind of the camera pan to Justin Herbert, and he was saying, I've never wanted a tie so bad in my life. And really, it seems as though that timeout, it obviously was the one that opened up the chance for them to even kick the field goal, like you said, after that big run. I mean, this morning... It's not a great look on Brandon Staley, but I must say that's kind of after every week because of the way in which he coaches and his style. It's very unconventional, and there's always going to be things to look back on and kind of, 
you know, tilt your head at. Like, I didn't really get that move. I'm curious to see how this is going to go in the future. Are they going to continue to kind of double down? Because at no point this season did Brandon Staley kind of take a step back and and get less aggressive. If anything, he continued to get more and more aggressive. So I'm curious to see what direction this is going to go in. But, man, for that team to not make the playoffs feels like a huge failure. Um, yeah, the season has been exactly a failure, especially after how it started off. Um, for one, I didn't think Jesse Herbert was quite ready. He looked he's very good, very good his rookie year. Um, got even better his sophomore year. Um, but wasn't quite ready um, right there, right yet. Their offense still has some things to, to work out to make it a little bit easier at Herbert. Um, of course, the, some of the aggressiveness didn't help them totally um, all that much. And their defense was just horrible. For, you know, for defensive coach, the defense was absolutely horrible um, all season. And that's really um, the main cause of this. Because it started off, what, 4-1, and one, got blown out by Baltimore, and then the, and then the defense was just, just absolutely horrible. Um, so they're going to have to get that fixed ready for anything else um, they want to be competitive here in the AFC. Yeah, absolutely. So did you have, what were your thoughts on the Rams 49ers games? Because I know we've gone back and forth on, on thoughts about the L.A. Rams. You've never really kind of bought into the fact that they were a true Super Bowl contender after some of the things you've seen in the last month. I mean, Matt Stafford yet again makes a big mistake. What were your thoughts on the Niners being able to pull out the win? And what are your current thoughts on the Rams heading into the playoffs here? Yeah, isn't, isn't Kyle Shanahan, like, undefeated versus McVay now? Like, has he ever beaten Kyle Shanahan? I'm not sure. I, I mean, I know his record is very good, and it might only be just one loss because well, I'm with yeah. you. I mean, it seems like he has a great amount of success here against McVay. Like, this is just, this is just ridiculous now. They had, like, a, they had a pretty big lead, if I'm not mistaken. I'm like, you're tracking it down with the ticker at the bottom of the screen, and they, they pull it. Um, again, it's kind of the same thing I've said every single week with this team. A bunch of stars and not a great team. Uh, they won't go far in the playoffs. I don't believe in Matt Stafford. I really don't believe in his defense. Um, you know, even Ramsey, I got to go at him. Um, I don't, I'm not sure what the defense was, but I, you know, it was like what third and like third and forever. It had a pass to um, I think it was was a Debo um, down by the sideline or over his overstretched hands. I mean, come on now, best corner of the game. Can't let that can't let that happen. Defensive line let them run all over them, pass all over them. Um, you know, just, I don't think they're going to go too far. Uh, of course, they got. Um, what do they have in the first round? I, I, I kind of forgot here. Um, they have easy the Rams are going to play the Cardinals. No, the Cowboys are going to play the 49ers. I was going to get your thoughts on that. But. Ah, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, then, so um, that's going to be actually a tough matchup. The Cowboys is my thinking. Um, yeah, I'm not Cardinals, Kyler Murray, first time in the playoffs or whatever. I would have to say the Cardinals there. I can see why the Rams would probably be favorites in that game. I'm not sure the line on that game. Um, I hope I think the Cardinals so in that game. I just don't trust Matt Stafford. Um, I think I think he can get outplayed by Kyler Murray, and I just don't trust that team. I don't trust Big Bang. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think the Cardinals are going to be able to pull out that game as well just because of kind of the sheer playmaking ability of Kyler Murray. He has that dual threat ability to him. And, I mean, like you said, I just I, right now I can't trust Matt Stafford. But like I said, so the 49ers now make it in with that win, and they will play the Dallas Cowboys. After what you've seen over the last month or so, the Cowboys still kind of up and down. I mean, they're also beating up on bad teams, not really beating good ones. Dak did not look great against the Cardinals, but he's looked great against bad opponents two out of the last three weeks. What are your thoughts on that game and kind of your expectations heading into 49ers at Dallas? Yeah, I think the Cowboys are right to David there, but I'm sorry, but I think I'm kind, of, I think I'm kind of thinking I'm smelling an upset right here, man. I don't think you guys match up too well with them. I got a, um, you guys have a great pass rush, but they run the ball. That's running the ball is the best way to kind of rack that. Is they have one of the best running attacks in the league. Um, 
when they have the great pass rush that you guys don't run the ball too well, you pass the ball a lot, it was going to be a little hard for the Jacks to be harassed all day. Um, I just said the 49ers be able to pull this off. Um, you know, even on the road, I'm not sure that defense is going to be able to fight. Even if they do make enough plays, I'm not sure that offense is going to be able to make enough plays. That versus that 49ers defense, Kyle Shanahan's going to you know, cook something up to that, um, you know, that defense. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna have to have the game plan of their lives, honestly. Um, you know, maybe I'm just overrating the 49ers, but I'm definitely fine up to that here. I don't think you guys match up well with them, despite having a better quarterback in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's a very tough matchup in the sense that, like you said, the 49ers can make things happen on the ground, and that's kind of the best way to combat the fact of not necessarily having the most trust in your quarterback. Now, I will say that pass rush is going to get to Jimmy G, and I think that's going to cause a few mistakes. So really the key is going to be can the Cowboys get a takeaway or two because we know Jimmy G does make some tough mistakes throughout the game. He always makes a few throws that are kind of head scratchers, and I think if that pass rush can continue to get to him, that could cause a takeaway, and maybe that could propel the Cowboys in the right direction here. But I've got to agree with you. It's it's going to be a tough matchup. I'm going to take the Cowboys because I think they have the better quarterback in the sense I'm sticking with Dak over Jimmy G. And I think that, you know, at this point, I'm going to take the Cowboys defense over the 49ers. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it as a respectable pick. I just, I just don't agree. I don't think the Cowboys pass rush is going to be able to make quite enough. I mean, the, that run game is really, really exotic. Um, you know, with all the speeds and counters and all the stuff they do. And, you know, it's going to be hard to pass rush. You know, they're going to be a little up to the ball field. Unless it's an obvious, unless they get them an obvious pass situation, it's going to be really tough. Those guys are going to get, you know, maybe keep us close, get really tired and worn down here. Um, you know, and then, you know, I don't I hate to bring it up, too. I mean, you know, McCarthy's clock management, how's that game management? We'll see how that comes into play in this game. I know you know we get ripped for that, um, you know, unfairly sometimes in my opinion, but, you know, we'll see how that comes into play. I just don't think they're going to make enough play on either side of the ball to be 49 feet. Hey, you know what? I respect it. I get it. And I do think that they have the better coach in, in Kyle Shanahan over Mike McCarthy. So I definitely hear what you're saying there. Mike McCarthy always scares me. There are, there's been multiple games this season where it feels like the Cowboys won in spite of some of his decisions. But man, at the end of the day, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think it's going to be a good game and all, it's going to rely on defensive takeaways. Can, can the Cowboys come up with some turnovers and potentially put their offense in a good spot to come away with some points? Now, to the Buccaneers, are you still kind of riding with them as your NFC favorite? Yeah, they're the two seed, so they're going to avoid the Green Bay Packs the NFC Championship game. Um, well, you said, you said the favorite, so I think I'll give them, I'll give them to Green Bay right now. Um, you know, I'll give them the favorite. Um, but I mean, they definitely got the chance to get to the NFC Championship game. They got a chance to get a big green made to the championship game. You know, the Eagles in the first round. Um, let's see, go to the second round. You know, even if, the, even if it is the Rams, so they don't match up well against us, have that number. They got to come to Tampa Bay. Um, they they won there last year. You know, we'll look at that. But we'll see how that goes. Um, and we'll see the Cowboys or the Niners, any of those teams. Um, you know, I, I do. It does. It does very much look like Green Bay and Tampa Bay are the uh, you know are the class of the NFC, and they can avoid. They could avoid uh, uh, each other into the NFC Championship game. So, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm very confident the Bucks will be able to get on the compete for Super Bowl this year. Yeah, me as well. I'm sticking with the Bucks as my NFC pick. I think they're going to win the NFC. I, I think Brady's going to be able to make more out of less because, I mean, that's really what he does. And I, I know last year it kind of took a little bit extra, but it, it's not like uh, that was kind of the reason he won. I mean, he was still very special. He was still very good. And I think he's he's really going to be 
kind of the driving force here. And it's not, I mean, as much as Tampa's lost some weapons, they still have some pretty solid weapons out there with Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, and I think other guys will be able to step up. So they're definitely going to be my pick for the NFC. Now, to the AFC, the Chiefs are interesting because all of a sudden, I mean, they've kind of went up and down again, a loss, a win. It's like you still kind of – do you view them as a team that's very beatable, kind of is still? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're beatable. I, I mean, clearly, I think the AFC is going to either be Tennessee, the Bills, or yeah, City, clearly. I don't think anybody else will get out the AFC besides those three teams. Um, because I, I, I saw some of Manny and I was able to look at some of their games. You know, their defense very much impressed me. Um, the reason I don't think they're going to be able to get too far is because of the offensive, their offensive line is just not good enough. Defense is going to be the key of game. If the offensive line is not good enough for them to, um, you know, win, um, consecutive playoff games, so that would be their downfall this year. Um, yeah, you know, the Chiefs, they got the Steelers in the first round. Um, you know, as much as I would love to see a good Steelers upset, you know, that good Steelers defense, I don't think it's going to happen. Hopefully they keep it. Hopefully they just don't get embarrassed. Um, and they want to face the Bills, uh, you know, and I believe the depending, you know, you'll see if Saturday night changes my mind if they, you know, come out laying eggs. But, you know, if they play that kind of thing, they play and the Bills can't beat them. They beat them at Arrowhead earlier this year. Um, they've shown made their defense is, you know, not terrible, you know, versus, you know, very good teams and really good quarterbacks. Um, so we shall, um, you know, we're going to definitely see how they, um, and the Bills are running the ball a lot much better now, too. Um, even if they do get past the Bills, they got these Tennessee tie so I'm definitely not going to be on as long as they have their three skill players healthy and Derrick Henry. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. That's a very big if. But if those guys are healthy, they're definitely the favorites, in my opinion, in the AFC. And I could definitely see them say the Chiefs at home. Um, already blew them out at home already. Um, definitely no doubt in my mind they could do it again. So do we know for a fact, is Derrick Henry going to be back for that game? Yeah, uh, I believe he's, got, he's supposed to be activated at IR. He's got a bye week. Um, he, should be, he, he should be a good to go um, after, you know, after, after this weekend. Wow, that's well, gonna, that definitely makes a lot of things. It makes it a lot more interesting in the AFC because that definitely puts the Titans in that mix. I wasn't necessarily sure how healthy they'd be in the playoffs, but it seems like getting Derrick Henry. I mean, th- that's big for them. Now, last thing here: what were your thoughts on the Colts? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, what a collapse. Um, you know, it's kind of like the Miami Dolphins are in New England, man. They, I didn't realize they've been there since 2014, the morning of. I kind of never minded the tweet, um, you know, and I shouldn't have done that because, wow, I mean, it didn't look like Jacksonville was pumped up. They were ready to play a spoiler role. A lot of these divisional teams really were. You Denver, the Jets, uh, Miami. They all played, you know, these top dogs pretty close. It would upset them besides uh, Buffalo. Um, so that game was very close in the fourth quarter. Um, but Jacksonville, man, they, they came out. Um, you know, Carson Wentz, fan of the guy, hoping he did well. But, you know, the past couple weeks, he's not been really good. Um, we'll see what next season holds for them. It was a mistake to trade for him. You know, they had no other chance. Um, you know, Philip Rivers was retiring. They had to get somebody. Um, so I don't really like people saying, you know, trading for Carson Wentz. I mean, who else were they going to really trade for? Uh, maybe Matt Stafford. But, I mean, you see how he looks now with a better team. Um, but, yeah, this has to be seen as an you know, epic failure, epic collapse. Um, I really like the coaches and the organization. I like that stuff. Um, you know, I'm not calling for anybody's jobs here, but what a what an epic, epic collapse. Now, do you think they should move forward with Carson Wentz? Absolutely. I mean, I really don't know who else they would really have. I don't think they really have the draft capital. Um, no one. I mean, I guess you could try to pursue. Well, I'm not even sure they could even try to pursue some of these quarterbacks because uh, depending on Carson Wentz's contract or whatever. I mean, obviously, you know, you can. I would try to get a Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson to see if they're available. Um, you know, Deshaun. I know. I don't. 
think Deshaun Watson is not a great human being, but, you know, if there's something's cleared up with him or whatnot, I will try to pursue Deshaun Watson. They're all obviously clearly better. Uh, but if not, I would, I would stick with Wentz and kind of just hope it, kind of just stick it out. Hopefully, you know, yeah, there's, you know, training camp and having that stuff kind of uh, messed up because he got hurt in the offseason. Um, so I would try to just run it back with Wentz and just hope for the better. I hear you. I mean, it's really not like they have much of an option but to kind of run this thing back and figure it out, maybe upgrade the roster a little bit, and really kind of chalk it up as this season, no way around it. It's a failure, but move on and and hopefully have a better year next year. Well, hey, Jamal, I appreciate the call, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you, man. Have a good one. You too. Time to pay a few bills, so hang tight with more Shat Chat with Bradley Shatraw on WNRI. Jacob Rowland Sons Construction is a family-owned business that does many type of masonry work at your home, business, or property. From chimneys, fireplaces, brick steps, block work, outdoor kitchens, veneer work, and other applications, they take care of whatever you need done and are known for their craftsmanship and the quality of their product. So give Tony a call at 401-744-4864 and see why more customers trust Jacob Rowland Sons Construction. Do you need a scratch or dent taken out of the body of your car? Visit Cody Auto Body in North Smithfield. It is located right next to Little General at 716 St. Paul Street. And with their state-of-the-art equipment and DuPont paints, owner Mike Cody will take care of all your needs. Give them a call today at 401-762-2883 or go in and talk to Mike directly. He has taken care of my car for years and I've never once been disappointed. You can visit their page on Yelp to get more information. Recent studies show germs have transmitted at self-service gas pumps. Don't put yourself at risk. Come to Murphy's Full Service Gas, where gasoline is pumped for you while you remain in the comfort of your car. At Murphy's, you pay the same low price whether you pay cash or credit. And free air for your tires for all our customers. Just look for the big green Murphy's sign on Social Street near the Diamond Hill Road intersection. And we are back with the Shot Shot Radio Show here on WNRI. Final 13 minutes here on WNRI. You can call into the show at 401-766-1380 or 401-769-0600. Let me know how you feel about the Patriots heading into the playoffs I mean, not the best way to finish off the season, but at least you always know you have Bill Belichick. Now, one thing that's interesting that kind of just came to mind here is the fact that the Titans are going to get Derrick Henry back. And that right there is astronomically different than the team that they've had on the field here for the past month and a half, two months or so, however long Derrick Henry's been out. I mean, it's been a while. I mean, he's been out for a while. But the fact that he's going to be healthy enough to go, I mean, changes the fact that really I was looking at the AFC through the lens of Kansas City or Buffalo. Those are the two teams that really have a chance to make the Super Bowl out of the AFC. That's how I thought. But now... Tennessee comes creeping back in because they got a decent defense. 
The fact that you get Derrick Henry makes you one of the more dangerous rushing attacks in the league. Julio Jones kind of came back around. He is healthy. He will be able to play. They're getting healthier as a team, and that has been their main issue all season. But the one thing that shows that the Titans are pretty darn good is the fact that they went 12-5 and with injuries left and right. I mean, there were weeks they were playing without their top two wide receivers or their top two running backs, and they still found ways to win. They come out with a 12-5 and record, and man... It's wild to think that without Derrick Henry, this team has had the success they've had. But it's a testament to Mike Vrabel, and it's a testament to their ability to be able to pivot here. I mean, they've went a little bit more pass-heavy. Even in this final week, you saw Ryan Tannehill go 23 for 32. He had 287 yards and four passing touchdowns. And now another thing about the fact that you're going to get Derrick Henry back in this rushing attack is you've had some other guys step up here and show that they are more than capable so you've got some solid change of pace guys to go in that already good rushing attack when Derrick Henry's out there and now you get Ryan Tannehill's gotten used to a little bit more passing the ball so this team's really headed in the right direction it's it's getting healthy at the perfect time it's got the potential to really be able to play its best football in the playoffs which is it's very rare to have your best player heading in at 100% health because really that's got to be what Derrick Henry's at. I mean, you can't imagine they're putting him out there any less than 100% coming off of an injury. Man, that makes the AFC a whole lot more spicy. It's going to be make it a whole lot more interesting. Another team obviously here that I, I got to touch on before the, the show is over is the Kansas City Chiefs. I talked a little bit about them with Jamal, but man, it's... It's interesting with them because for a second they had me. I said, you know what? The Chiefs are back. They, this team is back. And I still believe that. I still believe they're the top dog in the AFC at the moment. I mean, I personally think that Buffalo has a pretty darn good chance to beat them if they were to match up. But I'm not you know, willing to go all in on that take. So I'm going to stick with KC as kind of the top dog in the AFC right now. But they are so beatable based on how their regular season went and that's just not the feeling that we've had the past two years heading into the playoffs with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean they seemed damn near unbeatable last year and and the year before that Mahomes was on cloud nine and and they've been just so far and away at least offensively better than all the other teams in the AFC that it really seems like it was theirs to lose. I mean, there's there's not really a team here that you could see beating the Chiefs. But this year, it's completely different. I mean, you can see the Titans beating the Chiefs. You can see the Bills beating the Chiefs. They are very beatable. So that's going to be something to watch heading into these playoffs is are the Chiefs going to be able to survive and go back to the Super Bowl? Or are we going to see another team emerge here in the AFC? Because the Bills are more than capable of it. And again, it's because of the play of Josh Allen. I believe in Josh Allen, his playmaking ability. The fact that in some really clutch moments, especially in that Patriots game at Gillette, we saw Josh Allen kind of show us why he can be a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. I believe in him. I think the AFC just got a whole lot more interesting with Tennessee. I think Kansas City's still the top dog, but man, oh man, watch out for Buffalo. It's going to be a really good game against the Patriots because of the rivalry there. And if they can move on from that, that's where it gets even more interesting because the Bills have real potential, real potential to go to the Super Bowl.
I will be right back. Time to pay a few bills, so hang tight with more Shat Chat with Bradley Shatraw on WNRI. It's springtime, the right time to get an upgrade to your home, or how about that addition you've wanted? Print Construction can help, and all you need to do is call Scott Quinn at 401-996-3038 to set up an appointment to get the process started. Scott owns the small company, manned by him and his son. They'll take care of any carpentry or construction needs you have, taking the utmost care and thoughtful professionalism to any project at a reasonable pricing to ensure your complete satisfaction. Call Scott Quinn this week at 401-996-3038 at Quinn Construction. All right, I had to get that in before the show ended. So let's move to basketball to finish off today's show, and let's move You know what, let's start with the Celtics really quickly here. There's been a lot of talk about the Boston Celtics. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, do you need to break up these two stars, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, or why is this team underachieving? Why is this team continuing to blow leads? Why is this team not exactly as good as expectations heading into the season kind of held them to? And my answer is Ime Udoka. I gave Ime Udoka a great you know, review here when the hire happened, I believed in Ime Udoka. I thought he was going to be the right guy for the job. It seemed like he had really good credentials heading into this job. It seemed like he had a really good relationship with players heading into this job. But that has not been the case here. I mean, we've seen some really head-scratching decisions in the last few minutes of ball games. One that comes to mind is against the Knicks when they had kind of that game slipping through their finger, finger cracks in Madison Square Garden. In that last play, Dennis Schroeder gets the ball and kind of dribbles around and then drives to the hoop immediately, doesn't get the basket. But at the end of the day, Jason Tatum has to have that ball in his hands. And when asked about it after the game, Ime Udoka said, you know, we didn't necessarily go into that with a set play. I mean, it's the last play of the game. You need a bucket. What do you mean you didn't go into it without a play? And that's the type of decision that just really doesn't make a lot of sense. And then you look at kind of the attitude of the team, the body language of the team on the floor, some of the post-game comments every here and there. It doesn't seem like Ime Udoka has this team meshing. It doesn't seem like Ime Udoka has this team kind of buying into what he's saying. It, it, they're kind of a disaster if we're being honest about it. I mean, they continue to blow leads, and they continue to kind of point the finger after losses. Jason Tatum never seems as though it's his fault. And and when he's on the floor, you can see in his body language when he's upset. He and Jalen Brown have this weird thing where they never play well on the same night. It's either Jalen Brown plays really well and Jason Tatum kind of struggles, or Jason Tatum plays extremely well and Jalen Brown kind of struggles. There's never really a dual attack, and that's where the question does come to the surface of, well, do they need to break these guys up? Is this going to work? Because they have their two stars, but they play the same position, and that is very tough to deal with when 
you're kind of structuring a team and trying to build around those guys. Now, reports suggest they're not going anywhere, and I don't think they should go anywhere because this was never supposed to be the season they won a championship. Everybody, I mean, the Kemba Walker move was never about this particular season. It was about next. It was about this coming offseason, having the chance to bring in a guy like Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal, somebody of that caliber with the money that's going to open up. That's where we're going to see kind of the magic of Brad Stevens. Does his move eventually come to fruition and and catapult this Celtics team into contention yet again? But the problem is the higher along the way is, is holding back the steps forward you'd like to see with this team. You'd like to see the Celtics continue to get better, and that's not how it feels at the moment. It feels like they're very stagnant, and it feels like the coaching just isn't there. I mean, if you watch this team on a nightly basis, it's not like Ime Udoka is getting the most out of these players. And that was one of the things that really was an expectation coming into this was he had such a great relationship with the players because of his role in USA basketball. He had already worked with Tatum. He had worked with a lot of these guys. They knew who he was and they liked him. But it doesn't seem like he's getting the most out of these guys, and it's starting to boil over. And that's where you see the frustrations of the players after the games in the post in the post game, you know, conferences. I mean, there have been some ugly losses. The Minnesota loss comes to mind. That New York loss at Madison Square Garden comes to mind. They're just they're not winning games that they should be winning based off of the way they start those games. And that's a matter of focus. It's a matter of coaching. And I'm not. I'm just not sure that Ime Udoka makes it through this offseason. I think he makes it through the season, but I'm not sure he will be the head coach of this Celtics team heading into next year because it just doesn't seem like it's the right fit. Now, to finish off the episode, I just want to touch on the Lakers really quickly. I know they've won four out of their last five games. Yes, they lost last night to the Memphis Grizzlies, and last night showed yet again why, number one, this team is not a championship team, and number two, why great change needs to come to this team before that trade deadline, or else they will not be winning a championship this year. And another year of a great LeBron James will be wasted. The Lakers went all in. And it's not working out. It's not working out at all. I talked about it at the end of last episode. Russell Westbrook does not make sense alongside LeBron James. I have the utmost respect for Russell Westbrook's game. I think he's a good player. I, I think he plays extremely hard. He plays harder than anyone else on the court. The problem is the style of play just does not match well. It does not mesh well with LeBron James, and it doesn't make sense at all. Last night, I believe it was, his line was something like 6.7 rebounds, 6 assists. I mean, that's just not enough. That's not enough for a guy who's supposed to be stepping up in the absence of Anthony Davis. They have injuries. They need guys to step up. Russell Westbrook has not done that. LeBron James has been amazing. I mean, he's been as good as he's been uh, in the last two years. I mean, really, he's, he's been incredible, but it's not working out. The Lakers are not a championship team, and they need to make changes. They have to admit it's not working. They have to admit that they whiffed. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I appreciate it, and I will see everybody, or you will hear me, next week. You've just experienced the newest trend in radio sports talk, Shat Chat with Bradley Shatroa. 
Tell your friends and fellow sports fans to tune in next Monday evening at 7 p.m. for the reason you listen to local radio. This is WNRI, one socket.